Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so excited today because I have Melissa Price with me. Melissa loves to play with people's emotions. She's the owner of Creative Family Connection and the creator of Emotion Commotion. Um, She is compassionate about empowering people as she teaches emotional intelligence through play. Connection is her focus and she delights in creating better connection and communication through playing a simple, hilarious game. She has 20 years experience teaching youth creative problem solving, acting, art, goal setting, and more in a homeschool and arena. I am so excited to have you here today, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I know there's so many questions I have to ask because this is something dear to my heart too, just from my own background and working with beautiful children of all kinds, but really creating something that has such an impact on the whole family. I mean, I'm all for. So I would love to dive in first to your journey. How did you get to making this game? If you could kind of walk us through it. Okay, well, I have done a lot of healing work in the last probably, oh, I guess 30 years. Um, I grew up in an abusive family, an abusive childhood, and um, I didn't really know how to manage my emotions because I wasn't really allowed to have them. Um, I had to be very aware of everybody else's emotions to keep me safe. Mm -hmm. And so as my parents divorced and I was a teenager, I was able to share my emotions and it wasn't always in healthy ways. And I found out that I had a lot of anger, which you know, came from my childhood, but I didn't realize that, you know, nobody was teaching me emotional intelligence along this way. And so I, um, when I became a mom, it was really important to me to not bring in some of the things that I had learned from my childhood, right? And so I started just educating myself and learning tools to manage my emotions. Um, And it's just taken a lot of practice and a lot of learning. And um, as I homeschooled my own children and lots of other people's children, I realized they're really struggling right now with their emotions, with the things that are going on in the world and not knowing how to deal with them. They are picking up the same addictions that I found in my childhood home, my family, and I want to prevent the pain of those addictions, you know, Um, in the next generation. And so um, I uh, had been asked to talk to a young mom's group about how to help their younger children manage emotions. And I had to wrap my brain around that because I'm used to working with older youth. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea for this game was born. And so I did a mock-up of it. Um, I kind of learned that play was a really good way to teach. And so I was thinking, how can I make this a game? And um, as I took this this game around to the neighborhood, I was astounded. I was like, oh, this is is a legit thing. (laughs) So I had lots of friends encouraging me to to get it printed up. And now I have a small company and I'm sharing this game with everybody because it teaches so much about emotional intelligence, but you don't even realize it as you're playing it's just a super fun icebreaker kind of game from that that five-year-olds to empty nesters love to play like every age really enjoys it so oh my gosh well I know we're going to be diving into the game later we're actually going to play it live which I cannot wait but before we get into the game I want to kind of break things down a little bit further so I mean I talk a lot about emotions on here but can you explain what are emotions what do they mean and what um how we can go from there so emotions are, are chemicals that flood our body in response to some kind of stimulus, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have thoughts about it. It's kind of like scientists play around with, does, 
do the thoughts come first and then the emotions or do the emotions, the chemical reaction come first? Um, they argue about that, but basically it's almost simultaneous, right? Yeah. So you feel an emotion and um, if you've been taught a little bit about emotional intelligence, then you would want to recognize exactly which emotion you're feeling allow yourself to move it out of your body because it's, okay. it built up this energy, right? Emotions are energy in motion. So we want to get that energy out in a healthy way okay. and then look at that emotion and figure out what message it has for us. Cause every emotion can move us forward mm -hmm. um, depending on what it is. So right. if we're feeling joyful because of something that's happened, then we know I want more of that. Right. Mm -hmm. If we're feeling sad, we can look at, well, what am I missing? What is it that I need and how can I provide that for myself? Um, so every, every emotion can propel us forward if we're looking for that. But today, what do we do? Like most of us who haven't, you know, grown up learning emotional intelligence, we mm -hmm. will um, kind of zone out on our Netflix or turn to food or turn to pornography or turn to alcohol or, you know, all of these things that bring us comfort quickly mm -hmm. and help us feel better. But in the long run, if they become habits and addictions, they're really blocking us. They're really stopping us. And then we have these emotions we haven't dealt with that that energy gets stuck in our body. So now it's causing pain. It's causing illnesses. So I just want to prevent addictions by connecting. Connection is the opposite of addiction. So the experts say, so, um, and I'm all about connection, so. Yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the mind-body connection is so important. That's what this channel is all about too. And like a lot of my research was about that as well. But I think too, when we really understand the fact if we're not vocalizing or expressing our emotions, it gets held in the body. Anxiety really lives in the gut a lot of the time and other factors, other disorders that can really play a huge part in our emotions. But why is it necessary that we have emotions? Is that a question you're asking? Yeah, me? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, our, our emotions, they color our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, if we didn't have them, if we didn't have the extremes, the, the joy, the sorrow, like if, if we didn't experience sadness and sorrow, we really would have no idea what joy and happiness is, right? Mm -hmm. So we need those opposites. Um, and like I said earlier, they do help um, to motivate us if we can figure out what the message is. But they just, they really color our lives beautifully, all of the emotions. That's what I think anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I would absolutely agree. I do think you can't have, you don't know what joy is if you haven't experienced the sadness and that it's a um, continuum essentially of what we experience, but being able to have those different experiences are what make us human at the end of the day which is great. <laughs> we might not like all the emotions we experience, <laughs> which is another factor, but why? Um, so I'm curious, why is play a good way to teach emotional intelligence from the game that you've created? So as a homeschool mom, I've tried all kinds of different ways of teaching <laughs> yeah. and Play is probably the best. Um, mm -hmm. Experts say that, that, you know, when we're having these emotional experiences as we're learning, whatever it is we're learning, right. then that sticks in our brain so mm -hmm. much better than if we're listening to a lecture or if mm -hmm. we're having to answer questions that we're just trying to find the right answer so we don't get asked another question or, <laughs> you know, things like that. If it's experiential, then we pick it up better. And, and especially with my game, we're practicing a lot of emotional regulation um, without being told this is how you do it, right? So mm -hmm. we're not censoring ourselves as we're learning. We're just, we're just playing and we just pick up stuff without realizing. I tell people it's like, my game is like eating the yummiest lasagna you've ever had just to find out it's chock full of vegetables. Start it and you didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, 
I like that. That's amazing. Um, so I'm curious, how do you play the game? Why don't we just dive right into it? Okay. So you have two different kinds of cards. So mm. there we go. Um, you have green cards, which have an emotion on them. And then you have the orange cards, which have an action. Mm. And so mm -hmm. you do the action in the emotion and people have to guess the emotion. Mm -hmm. So for instance, this is a saying it says you can have your pet monkey back. Ah. So you have to say it in the emotion. So I'll try to say it in the emotion and you guess. Okay. Okay. You can have your pet monkey back. Excited, <laughs> happy, joyful. Yes. Keep going. You're right on oh, track. Keep going. Okay. Yep. Um, enthusiasm, static. Um, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need like my feelings. Know, right. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with a C. Yes. Uh starts with a C. Yeah. I'm like, I want to say compassion. That's what popped in my head, but that's not it. Uh, <laughs> but it's right along the lines of joyful, like and happy, and like what you're saying. You're right on. You're right on track. Oh Clearly, I didn't practice my emotions. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh my gosh, what would it be? No. So the word is cheerful. Oh, cheerful. And, yeah, yeah. And so like you bring up one of the things that's so important that it teaches is that it helps us to expand our emotional vocabulary. Yeah. So believe it or not, adults have like eight to 10 words that they'd go to to describe how they feel. Mm -hmm. And if we can expand our emotional vocabulary, especially help our youth do that, then they're better able to pinpoint yeah. um, how they feel and get the right message. So like mm -hmm. if our kids are like fighting because one person has an ice cream cone and the other one doesn't and it's not fair and I'm so mad, like mm -hmm. no boundaries have been crossed and that's kind of yeah. what anger is about. Right. But if they know that they're jealous then they know, oh, that means I want something. That means I can go get it for myself, right? So, right. so there are so many words for emotions and this game mm -hmm. really gets us thinking them as we guess them. It's really cool. Yeah. So, absolutely. all right. Um, I'll do one more and then I'll let you do one. Okay. okay. All right. So, um, I'm going to, this one says make the sound of a sheep. Okay. And <laughs> all right. This is my sheep. Bah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good bar. <laughs> um, I would say emotion wise, depressed, sad, isolated, um, low, um, uh, disappointed so um, close yep you're you're right in the ballpark with all of those um, it does start with the dis so it's not disappointed you're so close i was gonna say <laughs> distorted <laughs> all these like things come into my head sometimes i'm like wait i gotta slow it down my brain goes too fast sometimes yeah. um I get it. It wasn't disappointed, just it's like when you're on the spot, you're like, ah. <laughs> I know, I know. No, I love it though. I love it. I, I welcome yeah. it. Um yeah, it's, it's discouraged. Oh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean you were so close. Yeah. So close. So it it really does get your brain start to think and then mm -hmm. you as you yeah. come up with all these synonyms you're like well what makes discouraged different from disappointed is it right. like a combination of feelings like mm -hmm. yeah it's you can have some good discussions you can just play this as a warm-up game yeah like you can play it for 10 minutes at the beginning of class that's what I do in some of the classes I teach or you can play for two hours at business women's retreats I've found out <laughs> because it's just fun so okay I'm going to give you um, an action-y action one, okay? You're going to play the air guitar. Okay. Okay, show the mm -hmm. emotion by playing an air guitar. And... Okay. <laughs> Can you do that? Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. 
Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I really got into it. (laughs) Very bold, very confident. I saw that. I saw that word. So I did. Yes. But um, so you can see it's really goofy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fun. There's like um, just all kinds of different actions. Um, There is. uh, There's songs. So you get a chance Ooh. to sing if you oh, want. Oh, I can't sing. <laughs> I was like, I can't practice that one. <laughs> I'm not going to break windows. You don't have to be good at any of this. <laughs> I promise. Fair enough. It makes better. Um, but as you, so another thing that you learn as you see is like, you start to tune into um, the tone of voice. Mm. You start to turn it into the faces, into yeah. the body language. Nice. So that gives us, great practice right um to help us to try to guess what other people are feeling at the same time it really teaches you it gets into your brain I am not understanding sometimes what they are putting down so how can I get more um curious how can I ask questions how can I find out how they really feel instead of just assuming I know right Mm -hmm. And and then vice versa, you um, realize like, I think I'm being pretty clear that I'm angry and people are not picking it up, right? Mm -hmm. We all um, do our emotions in a different way. And so it's really (laughs) great to realize, oh, so this child's um, anger is really quiet and seething and behind the scenes. And I probably won't pick on it until the 20th time where he's ready to implode or explode. And then other people, you can just read it on their face like that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's super helpful to just help us realize, like, I I can do a lot more than just assume that people are showing their emotions like I would, right? Yes. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm glad, like, you do have this game. Because I do think it's, you brought up a really good point. Like, communication styles can be very different based off mm-hmm. of what's been modeled to you growing up what's like acceptable, not acceptable, like maybe in your household, but moving outside of that household in schools, in different environments, organizations of how we function day to day. And that's a really big part of not assuming because we really never know what someone's going through. These people can put on a great face, but like you have no idea what's happening on the inside. And this game just symbolizes how people can really have fun with it, but also they're learning and being able to be aware and identify it as well yeah yeah and I I love that playing it gives us a safe space to share our emotions because some of us have had those safe spaces and some of us haven't right Mm -hmm. um and so as you're playing um you get to be a little bit vulnerable and that's what connects us Brene Brown says right yes I love um (laughs) yeah I know she's awesome (laughs) um so, so that's probably my favorite part is like, you can go into a room full of strangers, play this game for a little while, and then you feel super bonded and connected. Like those barriers are broken down just by playing a fun game. Yes. You know? Um, and then I really love that we're practicing that emotional regulation as we play the game, the beginnings of it. So we're, mm-hmm. we're accepting an emotion Like we're not sitting there judging, oh, discouraged. I don't want people to see I'm discouraged because then that might make them feel uncomfortable and then da, 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 and I don't want to talk about, you know. And so we're always thinking things about what emotions that we have. And so when we're playing the game, we're like, oh, discouraged. I can do that. Now, how do I feel that in my body? How do I show that? And and then you allow it to move through our body, through talking, through movement, through – through your voice, right? And yeah. that's how we normally move emotions out. So yeah. it's just a great practice without you realizing that too. Yeah. Um, no, even to kind of like touch further on that too, because a lot of people have a hard time expressing their emotions, but if they can act it out, a lot of people do it through dance, through writing, dr- drawing, other factors. And I feel like this is a piece of that too, where you can express it in a non-judgmental way. And it's creating that safe space, especially if somebody has not had that prior to it or just didn't know how to do it. Maybe they had the safe space, but it wasn't spoken. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then this part you'll probably get a kick out of, like I have this all play card and (laughs) it says to to be silent 
for a few seconds and think about where you feel the emotion that was drawn in your body. So mm -hmm. this one says lonely. So we would all have to share. So if I pick that card, I would think about, okay, when I feel lonely, what does that feel like in my body? And then I would share it mm -hmm. and everybody else in the room would share it. And that's mm -hmm. eye opening too. Yeah. So, um, I think like, where do you feel lonely? If you think about in your body, like what happens, what's your re body response? Um, I shut down. Because I was thinking about it when you said it and what triggered my thoughts. And it's like, I just kind of almost feel a little numb in a way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel that like letting down of energy, like just in my throat and in my mm -hmm. gut. And then, and I do feel like a contracting, like feeling like mm -hmm. I'm small, I'm little. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it's powerful to share this because, um, for one, you recognize that people don't feel it the same. Right. And that's really interesting. Like, I didn't know that <laughs> when I came up with yeah. that question. And I took it to a neighbor and, and he got angry and he was like, well, that's easy. I feel anger in my head. And I'm like, this was inside, inside look. Outside, I was like, oh, really? But in the inside, I was like, what? <laughs> you can feel it in your head because I feel it in my gut. Mm -hmm. Right. But some right. people feel it in their head and they get migraines. Right. Like, so we, we respond in different ways. A lot of times we, um, yeah, we just have learned to respond or feel emotions in different ways. And sometimes we aren't even aware of what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're not, we get kind of in our society, we get a little disconnected from our body. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know I was because of abuse. Right. And so, um, it's been hard to actually think about, oh, where do I feel that? Because if I am aware, jealousy feels like this, like burning in my gut or whatever. Next time I feel jealous, I'll recognize it faster and I can mm -hmm. get the message from that. And that's what we want to teach our youth and our kids. Yeah. But also all, there's so many of us adults who are walking around who are like feeling it in my body. I don't know. I ignore my body. Right. So, so it's really helpful to just kind of get in touch with that. Yeah, no, I think it's very important to get in touch with that. And I'm curious, kind of still talking about the game, where did you come up with the different emotions and being able to like create it itself? I know you said you had gone to neighbors and whatnot, but what was like that deciding factor of I'm going to create this and make it something where people can have access to it? Well, um, when I was preparing for that class and I had come across some articles about play that the Inuit Indians have very little mental um, health issues in their mm -hmm. community because of the way they teach their children through play. Mm -hmm. And so I read those articles and I was like, hmm. And part of it was play acting. Like they mentioned like a mom will give a rock to her two-year-old and say, throw it at mom. And so the two-year-old will, and then the mom will be like, ow, that really hurt. Did you really mean to hurt me? And the two-year-old's like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, and starts to piece these things together, right, through these experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just one of the ways that they teach. And so mm -hmm. um, as I was thinking about how do we teach our kids emotions, the, the idea for this came this game came up and I literally came up with all the cards in like two or three hours. I was done. So I just, I've played enough games in my life. Like I love playing games with my family and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've um, taught drama and um, all kinds of things. So I just had like little bits and pieces of games that I could throw together in my head. Right. Yeah. But um, when I took it around and I saw how, powerful it was and how how much fun first of all it was really funny to just combine all these weird things um but as i watched kids and i watched the parents in awe of their kids and how they could show their emotions and how easy it was to just teach emotions as you're playing yeah. um i started recognizing some of these things that weren't int intentional like this all play card 
Mm-hmm. I really thought everybody feels their emotions pretty much similarly in their bodies. Mm-hmm. And so I was super surprised that they didn't. So that taught me something. Yeah. But like a lot of these things are just pieces of knowledge that I've gained through mm-hmm. reading about emotions and what their purpose is and stuff. And um, and so I don't know, as soon as I started playing and realizing that it was a powerful tool, mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I just started playing with it for months and I probably would still be playing with it if I didn't have a friend call me and say, your game's brilliant. You're going to come to my house on Wednesday, get them printed up and we're going to see what happens. Invite all your friends. And that was like four days away. And my mom was coming into town that day. And so I pick her up at the airport. I just got freshly printed games and I'm like, my introverted mom, mom, we're going to play this game around people you don't know. And bless her heart, she did. But um, it was phenomenal because these were adults from all aspects of my life, like Mm -hmm. young adults that I had taught, you know, high school classes too, and just all kinds of different areas. And and, um, one of the ladies came up to me after the game and she said, I love that I came in late and I could figure out in 60 seconds just by watching it, how to play it. And she said, and by the end of the night, I feel bonded to everybody here. And I was like... Oh, that's my life. Like I couldn't sleep. I'm like, I can play and laugh with people and connect them and help them teach in teach emotional intelligence, which is so important. I was, I was like hooked. I was like, Oh, this, this is a thing. Let's make this. (laughs) Yeah, no. And you know, it's just, it goes back to like community. That's something I really strive for and like create and so many other people I am connected to as well. But when we are connected to something, we feel like we belong and we're able to have this bond so easily with this game from what it sounds like. And just even my experience with it was great. Um, But I think, too, like being able to just show our emotions in a safe space, too, and have fun with it. And that's where we learn, I think, the best. Like, I mean, everyone has different learning styles as well. However, being able to connect that with something that's fun but talking about something that could be really difficult as well, but bridging yeah. that gap. Yeah. Can I share with you one, mm-hmm. one experience I had with young adults? Please. So um, New Year's Day on 2020, um, I had a bunch of my son's friends over and they were all 20 years old at the time about that. And um, kids that I taught, so I'd known them for years. And mm-hmm. we um, played this game for about an hour and a half. And we got to the all play cards. So we had each shared where we felt a particular emotion in our body. And that took a while because there were 16 of us. Mm-hmm. And then one of the kids said, so what's an emotion that you really hate to feel and why? Mm-hmm. And we went around the room and everybody answered that question for another hour. It was like mind blowing to me to listen to them share. Mm-hmm such an insight into their soul and what they were dealing with and like phenomenal. And I'm like, Oh, so like as, as much fun as it is to play the game, the opportunities that it has to just teach different aspects and then to, you know, inspire them to come up with their own amazing questions. Like it was so cool. So cool. Uh, What an amazing experience. And you know, it's that piece too of being vulnerable when we, give ourselves permission to be vulnerable other people around us have permission to be vulnerable too sometimes it starts with that one person but having something like this accessible to people to actually just have fun with it but also get through the mud of the harder emotions and being able to express it even if it's not directly correlated with something that's going on in that moment but that feeling being able to put words to that feeling as well can change everything. So that's why like, I'm just like, yes, yes, (laughs) this is what it's about. This is being able to just get creative and have something that's tangible for people to learn. And my, I'm curious with emotional intelligence as well, because I know we've been talking about emotions, but when it comes to emotional intelligence, how would you say is, well, let me ask this again in a different way, but like, how do you learn to identify your own emotions when you are going through the card game and you're learning from maybe other people, but yourself too, and being able to attach that emotion. 
Um, let's see if this answers your question. Mm -hmm. So I was playing with a family, mm -hmm. um, all age kids and the mom, who's a good friend of mine, she got to emotion and she was like, I've never felt this emotion in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? <laughs> what, is, what is it? And it was amused. And she's like, I don't even know. I don't even know what that feels like. She's like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and I was like, nothing. You just haven't really had an experience that somebody said and labeled this emotion. Right. And right. so um, I was talking to another young homeschool teen and she goes, my mom had a problem with the word amused. She doesn't know what it means. She can't connect to it. So, so she goes, I just go around and if we're in an amusing situation, I'm like, hey, mom, this, this is amusing, <laughs> right? So yeah. it, it's funny because you think as an adult, you probably know it all, right? Mm -hmm. But um, there, there are emotions that we just haven't had labeled or experienced or a lot of times we're just so busy numbing ourselves from our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So um, just giving yourself time, you know, and recognizing what you do turn to if it's not a healthy solution for you, mm -hmm. just figuring out what is it I'm feeling and what is the message of that emotion. But, but by far what I'm working on is just like, what's a way to move this energy out that works for me. Yeah. So I, I, this last year I created a class and I taught it to third through eighth graders. And it was all about having power in your life, making choices mm -hmm. and understanding your emotions and what you can do. And so I would give them tool after tool each week, because like you said, we all have different learning styles. So mm -hmm. I made sure there was art one week and we'd mm -hmm. all do the art. Some kids didn't, couldn't take the art, you know, it wasn't their favorite thing. And then we would yeah. do active meditations and the mm -hmm. next day, you know, and then we would do, um, like, how do we talk about it in a safe space and find out who we can talk to that's safe. And then music, making music playlists. If you want to preemptively get all your anger out before you get angry, like how right. would you do that? Right. So we yeah. just like every week, a new tool, a new tool, hoping that there's one or two tools that stick per kid that will help them, you know, when they are feeling the tough stuff, they can go before they can even comprehend and fix it. They can go, okay, I'm going to go dance this puppy out, right? And <laughs> get all this, this nervous energy or whatever it is out. So um, I love giving tools. That's part of some of the next things that I'm creating. Oh, well, I'm excited to hear more about those um, when the time <laughs> comes. But why is it helpful in our relationships to recognize others and how they feel their emotions differently and how we know um to become aware of their emotions, they are presenting themselves in other people. So we kind of like touched on that, but if you could go dive a little deeper into that as well. Sure. Um, a lot of times we just know what we know, right? And yeah. so we kind of turn that in. We're mirrors for each other, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, in, in our relationships. And so um, it's, it's important that not only do we explore how other people feel mm -hmm. um, and not connect that to how we feel in the moment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because that doesn't, that kind of muddies the waters. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if we can like approach with a genuine curiosity and with no ego, which is super mm -hmm. hard to do in some relationships yeah. um, and, and ask the questions, just not assume, you know, I'm a pretty empathetic person and I feel like I, I read people pretty well and things mm -hmm. like that. And boy, do I make stupid mistakes sometimes with, you know, just thinking that somebody's thinking one way or feeling one way and they're not right. Mm -hmm. And so really, I think removing ego out of it um, helps a lot. And then just asking like, it seems to me like you're feeling pretty discouraged right now. Is that accurate? Is that, you know, is that what you're thinking or, and just allow them to share it. 
and just keep practicing. If you haven't been a safe space to somebody, just keep practicing and allowing them to recognize that, oh, she is removing her ego out of it and she is genuinely concerned and maybe the 10th time I will trust her with this, right? If, if yeah. we're struggling with certain relationships. So does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I do think, you know, it's important, like you're mentioning too, that we don't assume how someone's feeling because we might've never experienced a reaction they had towards a certain emotion or just how like, you know, there's just so many different factors that play a part and that the biggest could be they don't feel safe to be vulnerable or they don't know how to be vulnerable because they've had to suppress it for so long or whatever that might look like for that individual. But yes, that absolutely answers the question. And so talking about safe spaces, how do we create a safe space for ourselves to feel that we can express our emotions outside of the game, but just in our everyday life, in your opinion? Good question. Um, I think making intentional time for ourselves, which is something so many people don't do. Um, I know I have a hard time with that. I have my to-do lists and sometimes I get more, um, I just get going with those to-do lists and forget about the to-be, like who is it that I'm trying to become? And that's way more important. And that takes time to figure mm -hmm. out who, it, who is it that I really um, desire to be and how, how do I make space for that? And so mm -hmm. a lot of people meditate. Mm -hmm. um, I've never been one to just like shut my brain down. My brain doesn't shut down, but there are different types of medica medications, meditations that actually work for me that are more active. Right. Um, and so I practice and I teach those kinds of meditations, but really just making time because mm -hmm. the day and life can just happen to you or you can happen to it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so if if you are making the time to just um, even preemptively looking at the emotions that you struggle with mm -hmm. um, and making a regular practice that fits you how to deal with it like I know a a, a mentor who every Sunday mm -hmm. he will spend an hour crying he'll put on a sad music and he'll cry he may not have something to cry about that week but mm -hmm. it's just a regular habit that helps release you know things mm -hmm. in the body that helps to release previous past problems you know so it doesn't build up yeah. So if you know, like for me, I know I still have some residual like angers and frustrations from in childhood, which, which ultimately is leading down to the sadness, the things that I didn't get right mm -hmm. um, that I needed at the time. And so I learned like, what was it I needed? I needed physical comfort that wasn't inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So how do I find that myself? Because nobody else is going to show up and say, hey, Melissa, I want to be your end all do all and fix you, right? Right. So if I know that I'm, I've been lacking this physical touch that's appropriate, then how do I find it? I play with my grandkids. I give mm -hmm. my son hugs when I see him, right? I play with my dog. Mm -hmm. um, I use music a lot. I've had kind of a rough month and, um, and have needed a lot of consolation. And there are just some songs that I found that I will play over and over and over again that is yeah. just telling me, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. So um, just finding, making time for those tools, finding those tools and just, you know, we recognizing what is it I need that these emotions mm -hmm. are telling me I need and how can I dedicate a little bit of time a day to, to helping myself with that. Yeah. No, you know, you brought up a really good point. That's something that like everyone knows my tagline here at least is put yourself at the top of the priority list because a lot of times individuals don't even have themselves on the priority list. But going back to what you mentioned was self-care and like giving yourself that space and time to grieve, to cry, to have that time and energy to devote to really understanding your feelings and giving yourself that space, a sacred space. And that's what I'm hearing too. And I, I do think it's really important that we prioritize our mental and emotional health first and foremost, and then our physical, because a lot it's always connected the mind and the body. Yes. 
Absolutely. What, speaking of mind and body, <laughs> I wanted to go back to what we were talking about earlier. And what do you mean by tuning into our bodies to recognize what we're feeling? So if we could expand a little bit on that. Well, um, I think in general, mm -hmm. most of us feel uncomfortable and we want to turn around and feel comfortable, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. We don't like to be uncomfortable. Nobody does. <laughs> so a lot of the emotions that maybe we've learned are negative, but they're not. They just have messages. They're not negative in, in my opinion. But yeah. um, a lot of these emotions that we don't like to sit in mm -hmm. um, and are uncomfortable, we just are so taught culturally maybe mm -hmm. that turn to food, turn to work, turn to whatever it is, whatever favorite bad habits slash addiction. There can be good habits too, mm -hmm. right? If we create them, but sometimes we, we do find ourselves getting into bad habits that are detrimental. And so, um, um, embracing the uncomfortable mm -hmm. is powerful. It's so powerful. So just reframing it. I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. There's a good reason. Mm -hmm. I can choose to sit in this uncomfortableness by pretending I'm comfortable over here, but it's always going to come back and it's going to be deeper. Like we just have this pit of sadness or this pit of anger or whatever that if we're not, we're not really looking at it and embracing this is an opportunity for me to go in and figure out what it is that I need and how I can, how I can um, meet that need then we're just spinning in this stuckness that I hate. And so we get these emotions stuck in our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, I once had a brilliant guy named Bob. He um, talks about uh, if we aren't listening to our intuition and following through on it, eventually it'll show up in our bodies. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, for instance, for me, my shoulders hurt a lot because I take on the weight of the world and the weight of other people. And that's not my job, but it's taken me a long time to figure that out. Right. And so my shoulders hurt a lot often, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the better I am at boundaries and making sure that I'm taking on my own stuff and not everybody else's stuff and allowing them that gift, right? Mm -hmm. Because I just want to help. I want to fix. Yeah. Not my job. <laughs> no, I hear you. I mean, former therapist, that's, it's a thing you have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah, it yes. is. It is. But I'm glad yeah. you're like bringing awareness to that piece too. But I have one final question before we jump into the rapid fire questions, because I've been loving this conversation. But if somebody were to want to create a game like you had, what advice or words of wisdom do you have for them um, or any tips that you can give them? Wow. Um, just ask, just talk. <laughs> talk <laughs> to people. And, like, <laughs> that's what's worked for me is like, I, I found a big business incubator. And so they're teaching me a little bit about business. And I, and, and I go to network meetings and find other people who have made games, right? Mm -hmm. So you can get online and find people who have made games and, and, you know, ask them questions. Some people are super happy to help you. Some people are not. Um, some people are so far above here and you're like, oh, I see I have 10 steps before I can use their, <laughs> their advice, right? Yeah. Um, so I just... I, I got my cards printed at a local print shop because I don't have the cash flow to order enough to get the price down. And I have mm -hmm. a print shop that does a decent job. And so until I can order three or 4,000 at a time, mm -hmm. the local print shop does fine. And I order a hundred or 150 at a time and sell those and then order more, right? So you can start small. You can make a difference at the very beginning yeah. Um, and I would say 
like for me, a big block at the beginning has been just imposter syndrome. Like, mm. who am I to be an expert at anything, right? Like I didn't go to fancy schools or I didn't do this. And and I've had to just have people that know me just tell me over and over again, you are, you've put in the time, you are an ex- expert in what you're doing. Yeah. And like, just own that. It's been mm-hmm. hard for me to own that. Right. Yeah. So um, just be confident and ask, ask for help because so many people are willing to help. Mm-hmm. And there's connections everywhere. So you just got to put yourself out there a little bit. Yeah, no, those are wise words. And you're right. It is about just asking. And I was joking earlier, but like, it's true. When you just start asking, people are willing to help you. And of course, yeah, not everyone is going to be jumping in and helping, but majority of the people that want to see you succeed are going to help you. And that's the beautiful thing about networking and meeting incredible individuals like yourself and just pushing past the imposter syndrome because I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people struggle with that. I know I've struggled with that. Every time I level up, I'm like, oh, can I really do this? But it just brings it back to normal aspects of growing. It's like growing pains um, because you feel it and it's uncomfortable and just all the emotions that flow through, but really being able to address it and understand that that is part of entrepreneurship, especially when you run into snags and other situations. But it's just like you said, it's getting started, start little by little, and it eventually starts to grow. And then you're closer to that person that you're like, oh, they're so up there, but you're going to get there. It's just a matter of taking the steps and you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10, 15, whatever it is. And that's what I'm hearing from you too. So I just had to throw that in there. Um, So thank you for sharing the words. Um, But let's get into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So what motivates you to work smarter? Motivates me to work smarter. Um, I just, I think our message usually has something to do with our mess (laughs) and my desire to prevent the pain of, um, people getting consumed by their addictions and getting stuck in their addictions for years and decades. Oh, that's painful. And I look at these youths, these kids that are brilliant and really everybody has this brilliant light, this brilliance, all their unique own self. And I love that. I'm passionate about everybody sharing their unique self with the world because you are, I don't know about the answer, the example to somebody else. Like we just are all here to help each other. And when your light is dimmed because you're just in this fog of addiction and Um, not knowing how to deal with your emotions. And so you just shut yourself down. That is like the greatest, like tragedy to me is, is seeing that. And so that's what, that's what motivates me is like, everybody needs to shine the brilliant light. How can I support that (laughs) and keep it from shutting down? So I second that. Um, So, (laughs) If you were to have a superpower, you're a superhero, you could have any power you want or powers, what would they be? Uh, I think of two, like I've had a dream of flying and boy, is that fun. Like I would, <laughs> I love to visit places like beautiful places. And so um, I would love to be able to fly, not have to pay for it <laughs> and go wherever I want. But also another one, like I remember going to a, to a retreat once and I don't know why I was giving somebody a hug, but they just said that hug just felt like if I had a mother in heaven, that's what it would feel like. And I'm like, probably the biggest compliment I've ever been given in my life. So if I could have like super hugs, that would just like envelop people and help them know that they are precious and loved. Like, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) That's incredible. I could, I think that's so needed. Um, So if you were to share a meal with four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? Uh, 
I think everybody's super brilliant, but if I had to narrow it down, I was trying to think of just the ones that like Mel Robbins. Oh, I really like her. I like to listen to her. Yeah. I like her. <laughs> I like that she swears sometimes. I know that's stupid. Not that I like swearing, but I mean, she's real. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I like about her. Yeah. She's real. And, um, she's got some good advice and I see her fall and I see her pick herself back up. And like, I, um, so I just admire the way that she can communicate and she can be real. So I think that would be fun. And then I put Brene Brown cause she's like brilliant yes. and similar, <laughs> similar things. Like it would, I like deep dish conversations. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm basing this off of is I love to talk to people and learn from their brilliance and then c.s lewis holy cow like um yeah i remember reading him as i was younger and loved it and loved it and then like i think i was 20 and i'm reading the books and i'm like this is the gospel <laughs> <laughs> you know i realized the allegory all in it and i was like super awesome and so like oh i love his books i love what he talks about i just love the way he can reach people through his stories um and then isaiah because there you go like, like a prophet of the bible and he's a little enigmatic compared to like what we understand and so it'd be great to say okay so tell me what you were thinking when you wrote this Right? <laughs> no, and I've stu I've studied taking classes to understand, but he speaks in a very specific way that made sense back then, but doesn't to us. And yeah. I would love to like just dig into it and understand him a bit better. So, just people that I can learn a lot from. Hey, I hear you. That would be a really <laughs> great meal. Just so much education, but also just a free flowing, deep conversation. Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what is the most daring thing that you've ever done? Oh, let's see. I went zip lining last year oh. and mm -hmm. I always thought that would be a fun thing to do. But when I got up <laughs> and I looked down, I was like, what was I thinking? So that, <laughs> that took some real courage to step off. <laughs> and then it was a blast, but, um, but also like recently, um, I have joined forces with a friend of mine who created this curriculum that she's taking into prisons. Like she's taking mm -hmm. it to everywhere, but prisons in particular. And so I have started like helping her, um, going along, learning from the teachers, but also teaching some of the principals. And it's stuff that I've learned that I, that I actually was teaching my own youth. We have very simple, I mean, similar um, programs, but hers is for adults. And watching these principals um, with people who have very little hope, who've been told who they are since the get-go, who, yeah. um, who don't have a lot of freedom and teaching them that they have so much freedom to create who they want to be yeah. and make a change in their lives. Like it's powerful, but walking into the jail and knowing like you can't get out and it's different. It's really different. Um, so it's taken like a, a special kind of courage, I guess, for me mm -hmm. to be in there. But um, but what a blessing like to to make an impact with anybody. So it's but that's been really cool. That's incredible. And I'm sure they appreciate you being there too, just giving another perspective, especially when I know it's a little different than your game, but it's also like all the emotional intelligence that you have and continue to grow in a different capacity, I think is right. really important, especially with that population, because sometimes they are overlooked and they shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so what is the last book that you've read? Um, the book I am currently working on, I'm currently reading um, Real Love by Greg Bear. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm about in the middle of it for the second time. And it's, it's really good. It's teaching us about how most of us understand love 
that is very conditional. Even though we try not to be conditional with our love, we are. Mm-hmm. And that's how we grew up. And so really getting ourselves to the point of where we can have an unconditional love and what a difference that can make in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I'm excited to learn how that can make a difference in my relationships. We're getting to that part. <laughs> and then I'm also currently reading Atomic Habits, which is great. Yeah. That is a great book. I just reread it for the second time. <laughs> I needed a refresher. Great yeah. books. Um, and so I'm curious, what is, if you were to be an animal and if you describe yourself as an animal personality wise, what animal would you be? Personality wise. Who? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I think like the very, <laughs> this is like a mythical creature. Um, but I, I think what stands out is the Phoenix because, um, I think we all get these opportunities that like are crushing us sometimes that are so difficult and I just won't give up. Like, I just don't like, that's not in my vocabulary. And so, um, just keeping getting back up and and um, being better for whatever it is that's tough, right? Like, um, I have this little quote from a calendar my friend made, and um, it says, your purpose uses every heartache you have ever ever experienced. And so Mm -hmm. I love that because Mm -hmm. that kind of describes my life, like lots of heartache, but lots of joy and lots of opportunities to share and give. and, And I think that's why we're all here, at least. That's what I, yeah. I think so too. I Um, So if you have a day off, you're not working, doing all the amazing things you're up to, how do you spend your day off? I go play with my grandkids. (laughs) I have a three three and a half year old and two year old grandsons. And um, there's so much you can learn from kids just being present and so I think that's probably my favorite thing about being with them is I get to be present in the moment we can play play play-doh for an hour and a half is that my favorite thing to do no is it my favorite thing to do with my three and a half year old absolutely we're discovering and we're having fun and we're playing and we're working and you know and reading to them and wrestling with them like everything is gold (laughs) Being a grandma is like the best thing ever. Because <laughs> you so, get to give them back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's great because I'm not worried about cleaning the house or doing this or doing that, you know, be when you're a mom and you're not getting sleep and all that stuff. Like, um, so that's one advantage of being a grandparent is is being able to be present, having that time to be really super present, dialed in. Now, could I do that 24-7 with them? No, but, you know, I am able to do that with the time that I have with them. And that's so precious to me. Like, uh, and it just, it's delightful. So why not live in delight and joy and in the present? I'm telling you. No, it's true. I have a niece. She's almost two. She was just in town not too long ago. And you're right. Like, it's just being able to be present. And if she gets upset, I, like, try to calm her down. And then I give her back to my sister. And I'm like, have fun. <laughs> um, but just kidding. I, I can soothe her. But, you know, there is just that element of how much kids can teach you, too. And I don't think we ever stop learning unless we stop ourselves. But I think there's so much to learn from every single person we encounter. It doesn't matter how old they are or their experiences. That's but. very true. Yeah. But with that being said, I have one final question for you. Before I let you go, where can people find you? Where can they find the game? Everything will be linked below in the description, but if you could let us know too. All right. So you can find my game at emotioncommotiongame.com. And um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under Emotion Commotion Game or Creative Family Connection. So... I'm working on that part. It's not 
it's not intuitive to me yet, but I'm working on that part. Um, I love connecting, but I super love connecting in person. So um, I'm working on the Facebook and Insta stuff. <laughs> well, you know, your game is very in person as well. So that makes sense, but we can't wait to see you more on social media as well. But thank you so much, Melissa, for taking the time today to share your wonderful game, what you're doing for individuals, families, everybody to really express emotions and firm believer in it and understanding it, but being able to vocalize that and really echo it elsewhere too. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. It's been delightful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And make sure to like, subscribe, and comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Melissa today? Did you learn about new emotions? Let us know in the comment section. I'm sure she would love to see it too. And we will see you on the next video. Thank you so much for joining.